couple months ago, I was up at the climbing wall at the college, and there was a father there who had his son. They were from the East Coast, um, in town, visiting for some family function, he ended up telling me, because I had never seen him down there before, and uh, his son was probably, I'm, I'm guessing, 11, 12 years old, somewhere in there. was a good climber seemed um, you know for his age I was actually pretty impressed uh, really enthusiastic young man and I said something to the dad I said uh, you know I just got started myself about a year and a half ago and I said your son's doing really well and he looked at me and he was belaying his son and he looked at me and said, well, yeah, he is doing good, but he goes, we got a late start in his climbing. He said he's a, he climbs competitive. And he goes, so, he goes, I don't know if he's going to be as good as he, you know, ultimately couldn't get to. <laughs> I said something along the lines of, well, it's, you know, just fun, and, yeah, he'll get where he gets to. I really won't worry about it. And the dad looked at me, and what was odd is that he was serious. He's like, yeah. But he goes, I really wish we had started him when he was four or five instead of seven. But we didn't know, he said, that, you know, we didn't really weren't familiar with the climbing community and that he could have possibly been well you know, how good he could have been. And he kept saying this, like, you know, it's all over. You know, the kid's 12 years old, man. He didn't start when he's four or five. And life is well, basically fucked for this kid now is, the, is kind of how I took it. And the kid's just on the wall. He didn't hear much. I don't think he heard any of it. He was up climbing and was up maybe 20 feet, and we had this quick conversation. And I, I'm stunned at, at where we keep coming. And it's not just the sports. It's not climbing. It's all this. But in everything in life, this insane push to overteach, to overstructure, we don't have any. We, we just keep cutting out experimentation learning, drifting aimlessly, so to speak, for as long as we need. And all this kind of came to a head again. Uh, the reason this fourth episode of my podcast has finally arrived, because I started a week ago. I'm reading a book, and it's called Range. The author is David Epstein. Could be Epstein, could be Epstein. And even that is kind of humorous because 
people somewhere, somebody's going to point out my fault of not knowing which way the name is pronounced. And they'll concentrate on that one singular fact instead of saying, okay, maybe I don't know the name, but I sure in the hell understand what the concept of the book is about. So if you're one of those people that enjoy pointing out that I don't know which way the name is pronounced, yeah, I really don't care. What I do care about is that what the book is about, it's the subtitle is called Why General Generalist Triumph in a Specialized World. And it's just a great read. I'm about a third of the way through it. And the basic premise of the book is there's been this push. I don't know. You know, really, it's looking back probably since the late 80s, early 90s, that we need to specialize, 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 specialize. You have to be specialized. You have to get your kids into to this. Even as they get older, you have to, to know what you're doing. Uh, when I'm up at the local college climbing, and this is where... It, one of the great aspects of all this is my ability to talk to so many of these different young people and just get off of the climbing topic and just their general life and their school and education. Um, and I'm continually stunned at the focus on a singular objective to be this. Most of them have, have, have you know, for you know, these, these are, these are young adults, 19, 20, 21 years old, and most of them have been trying to figure out their career path already for five or six years, and I'm stunned at this. Like, why the fuck would you know what a career path is? A career path at 20? Seriously, have you even, who gives a shit about a career path? You know, have you experienced life? Do you just expand into many venues so this book is is talks about that is how some of the most creative people in in the arts and in the sports and everything we we hear through the popular media and and outlets of these you know and even in the book they use tiger woods or in music there's these rare people who you know they, they've been doing this since they're three years old and it's you know, they're, they're just, everything is specific. And yeah, they're good. But truly, the broad range of greatness, those who have just this high level of creativity, who ultimately make changes that last, are most often, if not almost always, those who had very little formal training, who spent many of their early years just drifting between different sports, different instruments, different, no matter what your genre was, just doing things most often unrelated to what you ended up doing by the time you're 30, 40, and 50. And the reason is so simple. Where everybody thinks we need to specialize, you have to be this, you have to be that. It is this great variance of life. 
of learning many different things totally unrelated to maybe what you ultimately get into that gets you where you maybe at some point find this really cool niche. And even when you find this niche, you have to continue to, to expand beyond it. And that's what the book is about. And that's what this podcast here is about. I mean, I think it's been almost three months, maybe three and a half months since I've done an, another one. And I really don't care. I don't know, maybe it'll be a year when I do another one. Maybe it'll be two days. Everything takes its time. And sometimes you have to move and learn new things to find your groove, to figure out something. And instead of being taught, instead of being told, I think in one of my, in the first podcast, I say, what does run it bare mean? Well, run it bare means that you just run life bare. You run it open. You run it creativity. You allow to feel. You allow to learn. You allow to drift into something different. I don't know where these episodes are going to go. I don't know anything other than sometimes it takes a while to find a voice, so to speak. And even that voice needs to constantly change and upgrade and and have different influxes. That is how we are supposed to live our life. I'm going to jump into using climbing because I think I've mentioned in the first couple episodes that I got into this about a year and a half ago, just out of the blue at, you know, shit, 56 years old, I decide I'm going to start climbing. Living in the middle of, or northeast Iowa, you know, we're not in the climbing mecca of the world here. (laughs) I'm not even, you know, we have... This is not where people go if they want to become a climber, apparently. So I start up at the local university who happens to have one of the older climbing walls in the Midwest. It's about 40 foot tall, have around 11 ropes, almost all top rope. But anyway, I go in and I start to learn and I just teaching myself. And I've made mention before that it's just great staff down there, great people down there. And and everybody helps and, and they give advice. But the one thing that I would kind of keep hearing in the back of my head is even a lot of these, the, the young staff, you know, they would be like, you know, you need to do this and then this and then these steps. And if you, this is how you'll become a better climber, Steve, if you, if you follow this program, so to speak. And I think I kept saying, yeah, okay, I, you know, I'm listening. I do. I, I would listen to about different technique and things like that. And that is fine. But I kept saying, I I really don't have steps, and I'll be okay. Just let me figure it out. Let me bump my head against it. Let me enjoy it, number one. And secondly is, let me fall. Let me fail. Let me not understand. So I started, you know, just a little over a year and a half ago. My first climb was a 5'7", top rope inside. And, you know, just this last weekend, I was down in Des Moines at one of the bigger climbing gyms around this area anyway, and I'm projecting a, a 12 CD, and, and even last night, we do have a 13 up at our college. 
And I'm getting there, and I've gotten to this point, and I can lead climb outside, you know, early 11s. And a lot of this is just trial and error. A lot of this is I push one way, and then I come back, and I'm like, oh, you know what, I need to reevaluate how I'm doing this. I, 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 I don't really have a workout. People are like, well, you need to do this to exercise. You need to do this to have your program. You need to, to practice A, B, and C. And mine is, no, not really. I, I just keep trying to figure out some type of workout regimen that fits my body style, that fits my mentality, because I have to put all this into place according to how it fits me. And the biggest thing is, is that Most of what I'm doing in climbing, and I think I've advanced pretty far, pretty quickly, but most of it comes from a lifetime of things totally unrelated to climbing. You know, growing up at farming, I, I thought of it the other day of bailing hay and learning to walk on a hay rack. It's hard to describe to anyone who has no concept of what that is, but you're going off on a, on a, uh, you know, it's a wagon, so to speak, with just a flatbed on top of it over rough fields, and you're pulling bales of hay out of a, and walking and loading them, and you're, you're bouncing, you're moving, and, and, and you just learn this, ability to move within the motion um, you know years of running years of playing ball years of all this stuff ping pong years ago which created this I, I've went through a stage of about seven years where I was fascinated by ping pong because it's quick it's fast you gotta be moving around um, I think outside of the athletic end of things or the physical end, the mental end, which has always been my ability to just think and see things and ponder. And as much as everything around me has always tried to tell me to get singularly focused, to, to gear into something, I always just wanted to see broader. Uh, in this book, there's a great example, and, and they use the, you know, seeing the tree for the forest, the forest for the trees. And, you know, I generally see the forest. I know the trees are there. I pay attention to the trees when I need to. But my main interest is the forest, the expanse of it. How did it arrive? Not so much always the individual trees, but the largeness of it. But I would say for the last 20, 30 years, everybody wants me. And I think in general, they want you to keep looking at that tree, to find that one tree, to, 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 to concentrate on a singular tree. So as I'm learning to climb, what I'm finding is my ability in this freedom to see the forest allows me to just kind of let my body go where it goes and not so much try to look at the tree 
And I will relate it back to, and I've tried this, I have, I watch people when they climb, and a lot of the young climbers, and maybe the older ones, they sit there and, and they plan their movements and they visualize each step, each handhold, each foot thing. And they move through the motion and they visualize this and this is the way it's going to be. I try that and I, well, first off, I get like three visualizations and I'm bored. I, I simply, I, I'm just like, the fuck, I don't know, that seems like a lot of work. What I do is just climb. And instead of trying to visualize it, I just allow my body to move and I allow a lifetime of experiences to come into play for each move. And I'll feel it out. Last night I worked a, a brand new route. Um, and I felt six or seven times on the first couple moves. Um, someone mentioned to me, they're like, Hey, did you even visualize that that route? You know, you just jump on and climb. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It, you know, there's no rule here. I, what works for you works for you, but what works for me is simply getting on. Because in those falls, I'm actually learning more for the next time. I'm adding to my knowledge because instead of trying to be perfection initially or trying to say, you know, I've got to do this, this, and this and staying within this regiment, my six, seven falls on the first move and finally, I figured out something, and I, I, I made my way up through it completely different than the beta was set. But it was towards me. It was adapted towards my abilities. And not only adapted towards my abilities, that another day down the road, I'm going to be able to come back because I actually learned a move, a, a sequence that had I really just stuck to what the beta was most likely or stuck to some set project, I would have never stumbled across a certain body movement that I made. That's the freedom. That's the freedom of not being afraid to just experiment. That's the freedom of not always specializing in something. Expand out, move beyond something you even know. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and tell high school and college people, because I can't guarantee what's down the road. But all I know is you cannot be so fucking afraid to move outside of something, to quit looking at a singular focal point and say, I've got to be this because if I'm not this particular thing, no one's going to hire me or no one, I'm not going to be successful. And I will almost certainly guarantee you that your long-term success and not only success financially, 
but your success as a human being with caring about yourself and caring about others arrives from your ability to do many different things. And you don't have to be great at something. You need to be really good at a lot of things. Because if you're really good at a lot of things, you're going to find over a course of your life that you start to get really great at a few things that drive you. And even when you get great at those, you have to be willing to open yourself up to just being good at some other things. I am so fortunate in my life to have really never succeeded at any particular thing. There's no great wealth to my name. There's no, you know, I, I'm, I can't say I've been successful financially. But I do know I'm fucking creative. I do know that I have no fear learning new things. And I adapt quickly to change. And that is pretty cool to have. I have no idea how to do this podcast. I have no idea how to really climb. I have no idea how to cook or do most of these things that I actually think I'm getting really, really good at. But I know that each of them interplays with something else. I know that my ability to even attempt these podcasts comes from my ability to free think. I've mentioned earlier that to date, I don't edit any of this. You just get it. It's just off the top of my head. It's just free flow. It's trying to kind of roughly keep myself into that 30 to 40 minute range of just something that comes to me and talk about it. And that ability to do that comes from my ability, well, not to write a whole list of summaries down or a list of talking points down. It comes from this ability to just, boom, there it is, create at the moment. This book talks about a lot of the great jazz musicians from the past, and they aren't, there are not as many because now they teach jazz. And one of the, uh, um, a, a jazz composer, said that most jazz students now all sound the same. There's really very little originality coming out because it's all taught. It's a format. This is jazz. Jazz itself originated as most people who couldn't read music don't, didn't know. Um, it was f amazing to read. Not only could a, a lot of the great jazz musicians not read music, they couldn't read. And they are some of the their style 
is being taught now. But their style arrived from just hearing. And most of them picked up jazz later in life just through out, having fun. You know, it's just... (laughs) You just can't teach creativity. It isn't about starting young. It isn't about this, this, you know, watching a, a, a dad, you know, get his son into climbing and bemoaning the fact that he didn't start him until seven and he should have started him at four. I mean, that's fucking insane. Seriously, insane. And I, I'm going to jump back to this dad because he said something too. He goes, you know, there, where they climb out east. He said, you know, there's a 13-year-old that's already got corporate sponsorship. You know, well, what the fuck? A lot of people have corporate sponsorship. So maybe at 13 he does. Maybe the kid becomes world-class or something like that and the best climber in the world. But does the kid kid really give a shit about corporate sponsorship right now and I even said something to this dad I said well you know just let him have fun let him and I then I mentioned I said you know a lot of kids who start this young they just burn out they just burn out and he's like well some do but he goes my 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 kid won't he goes because he, he it's a passion and I was like dude you don't know fucking shit maybe the kid won't burn out But I'm telling you, you can't start something at seven. And this is all you do. This is your focus. This kid practices three, I think he said four times a week. He's got to go for two hours. They run a structure of, he goes, there's one week they do this, one week they do that. You know, it's bouldering for a week and then this for a week and that for a week. And I'm like, oh my God, the f... What What do you mean... Just let the kid go play. Let him go play ball. Let him go do what he wants. If he wants to climb, let him climb. He might only want to climb for a week or two. I was told, even when I wanted to start these podcasts and kind of figuring it out, that I need to do them you know, two or three a week. Make sure I get them out there. Keep everything going. And I was like... I'm not doing that. They'll come as they come. The topics will arrive as they arrive. People will listen or they won't. All I know is that I would rather learn whatever it is I learn through an act of randomness than to sit my ass down or focus on one thing. Because when you do that, you are missing so many things that you never even thought of. Because most things that we end up doing arrive from some other thing that you don't even anticipate.
And that is what living is about. It's really about this exploration and of seeing a forest. And being in awe of a forest and knowing that within that forest there are so many trees and so many of them are so unique. And when you see the huge forest and know that all these trees and then you go exploring into this forest that a certain tree or two you come across will actually open up another complete forest. You don't sit and keep with that unique tree. You allow that tree to open up another forest. And that is pretty goddamn cool. <laughs>